Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, we have uh, more some fallout, some potential fallout from the Trevor Ariza injury. D- did a little bit of digging as to what the Lakers might be thinking about doing. Uh, and then I'm going to interview very briefly my wife, Dr. Jennifer Irwin. <laughs> Emphasis on the Irwin and you'll see why. Uh, so we'll get to that as well for injury or er, for, for information on the procedure and how long it might take to get Ariza back. So let's get to all that. All right, so I am joined now by uh, Dr. Jennifer Bierstadt, the smarter one in my family. I'm third behind Avery, and uh, we are going today to discuss Trevor Ariza's ankle debridement. I thought it was debridement, but I found out that's just divorce. So <laughs> it's actually debridement. Uh, surgery that he went. It was arthroscopic debridement surgery. He's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks. And and that's actually the first question I have, Jen. Uh, Why is it eight weeks? What would make it eight weeks? So the first thing I think that we all need to address that I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of um, crap on Twitter about is that you literally just called me by my maiden name. Ah. And All it's right, funny that you mentioned it's funny that you mentioned divorce in the same <laughs> sentence too. In- My maiden name is Bierstedt. I have the same last name as you yeah. because we are married. Like I said, third behind Avery. Um, no, I we no, have a re- dog, so you might have moved in <laughs> fourth at this point. Our dead cat is actually behind Callie, yeah. and I'm fifth. Yeah. Um, no, the reason I, I I did that, I can explain it. I swear, is mm-hmm. because you, when you became a doctor mm-hmm. weren't you nope no nope, all right nope. nah, shit. <laughs> we all right let's go ahead and move on to trevor ariza's ankle <laughs> so why More is important it? matters <laughs> we'll deal with that later i'm sure i will i'm sure you will <laughs> get ready couch all right so um the, uh the why is it eight weeks why why are we talking eight weeks here okay so have you gone into what debridement is at all No. Okay. So debridement is basically what they're doing is they're going into the joint and they're cleaning out the crud. You see this a lot in arthritic patients, especially in the geriatric population. You have a lot of broken down cartilage that needs to go in and get cleaned out so that you have a smoother surface on the bone. It's a good way to describe the the Lakers team. Yeah. It's a very geriatric team. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Perfect. So... What they're doing is they're going in there and they're cleaning out cartilage that has been broken down to make a more smoother surface on the bone so that it creates smoother movement, less painful, more motion, less compensation, less risk for further injury. The reason why it's likely going to be two months, my only guess, because again, we don't know a lot about this injury, is that they are doing the debridement on a bone called the talus that does not receive a lot of blood flow. When we see injuries in patients who have suffered any kind of fracture, anything like that to the talus, we have to be very conservative about it because of the lack of blood blood flow to that bone. If we rush back too quickly, we could cause more harm to the bone due to the lack of blood flow and you could have further injury from that. 
So the the question I have here, so they said they're going to reevaluate them in eight weeks, right? Mm -hmm. That would make you think that they're working on the tailors. Could it also be them being overly conservative because he's a 36-year-old professional basketball player who has put a ton of miles on his ankle? And, like, if it is the tailors, and we're talking about the two months, is that when they're going to reevaluate him, does that take into account any physical therapy needed on the tail end of after the surgery? Like they're going to go through the surgery. He's going to need to heal. And then after that, you're going to head into physical therapy and, and, and regain motion and all that. So is this, is this something that like, would it surprise you given his age and his mileage and all that, if it extended beyond eight weeks? Um, well, they, if they're being, if they're being conservative, Due to his age. I mean, he's a basketball player, so he's, this probably isn't the first time that he's injured his ankle. So the two months could be just conservative. Again, we don't know anything about this surgery. For all we know, they're debriding a completely different bone. Um, but given his age, they could be being extra conservative. Um, what was the other part of your question? Could it extend beyond age? Oh, um, I mean, maybe. He's going to start physical therapy as soon as he's cleared by the surgeon. Um, I, I really couldn't tell you whether or not it's going to extend past the two months. I, I mean, if I were a betting woman, I would say probably not, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Cool. All right. That's Dr. Jennifer Irwin Good job. <laughs> giving you what you need to know about Trevor Ariza. At the very least, the thing to take away from there, I think is that, uh, Jen doesn't think that Trevor will be missing, you know, if any more than the eight weeks, much more than the eight weeks that uh, he is going to be out before they reevaluate him. So it's all a process. And, and again, we're talking about a 36-year-old small forward who uh, has put a ton of miles on his body and, and tough miles too, right? He's, a, a, he's always been a very good athlete. He's always been asked to play really tough defense. He's always gone out and run on the wing and stuff like that. So so those are long, tough miles that uh, he has put on that right foot. And remember, back when he was a Laker, he broke that foot uh, back when uh, the Lakers hit, acquired him around the same time that, that Andrew Bynum got hurt. So, uh, again, this is all a, a, a process in getting him back. And now we got to figure out, as we're going to discuss right now, how, how you make it work in the meantime. The Lakers right now have LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony as players of wing size, like like big wing size, who have played NBA minutes before. Uh, Kent Bazemore is in that tweener between shooting guard and small forward. Austin Reeves has never played an NBA game before. So <laughs> in terms of depth, they don't have much. And they do have an open roster spot. Uh, as, as far as I can tell, I, I think we would have heard something today in terms of guys that the Lakers were getting ready to work out or conversations that they're currently having. The issue right now with them trying to talk to those guys is if the Lakers didn't lose Ariza, they would have a little bit more leverage if they were trying to get somebody on a, uh, on a non-guaranteed contract. In this case, though, whoever they talk to are going to know, no, you're, you're a little desperate right now. And I'm going to need that contract guaranteed for the entirety of the season, which means more tax dollars. And then eventually also, if 
the right player becomes available, the Lakers would then have to waive one of the players that they have on their roster and incur further tax penalties with whoever it is that they they fill that last roster spot if it if it opens up again. So uh, this is again, you know, I, I I was iffy about it in the first place when they filled their 14th roster spot with Austin Reeves because of this is <laughs> exact concern, injury concerns. Uh, and and as we've seen in these preseason games right now, you know, the, in the last one that they played in, you had Carmelo Anthony, and that was it because LeBron isn't playing yet. And that meant that the Lakers had to trot out a lot of really bad defensive units. And even though you have Anthony Davis out there and the and the and the difference with him out there versus DeAndre Jordan was was visible and tangible. Uh, even if it's Anthony Davis, so you're asking him to do a lot to clean up the the defensive issues when you have, you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, Austin Reeves out there. Like that's not that's just not going to end well. So uh, I think I think for for where they stand right now, uh, I think right now they're negotiating with with small forwards to try to figure out who they can get and the leverage that they're going to use. With those small forwards, probably James Ennis and probably Wes Matthews, the leverage that they're going to try to gain back, right, is that they're talking to both of those guys. And they're going to say, well, if one of you accept a non-guaranteed offer, then you get a spot on the Lakers. Uh, and then and then should the time come where, where both of them do not accept that offer, then I think the Lakers at that point would just have to eat the tax money. They're they're opening the gates again this year. Like they're going to get plenty of of, of revenue this season. Any kind of penny pinching right now, it, it, given the state of their wing rotation, not only is it just stupid because you're a championship team and you shouldn't be pin, pinching pennies on during a championship window, but also you're you're potentially overexerting. LeBron James and you're overexerting Anthony Davis because he's going to wind up having to play some more four now. And, and when he's playing the four, well, that makes the game tougher for, for Russell Westbrook. And, and now you're potentially overexerting him because while Russ is out there with LeBron AD and a center, whether it's Dwight or Deandre Jordan, offense is going to be really difficult to come by. And you're asking them to be elite defensively and they don't have the same defenders that they had last year when they were elite defensively. So We'll see how this goes again as we learn more about it, at, just like I did last night when the Lakers, uh, I'm sure coincidentally, dropped the news about Trevor Ariza during a Dodgers playoff game. Surely that was just nothing but coincidence there. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will drop uh, emergency podcasts as need be as they fill this last roster spot, hopefully with somebody who can, who can be bigger than Austin Reeves and bigger than Kent Bazemore with, with more experience than Austin Reeves. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. For stuff that I want you to keep an eye out for, I talked to John Corrales of Locked On Celtics and Locked On NBA yesterday and, and gave him a hard time about uh, the way that the teams match up. So you're going to enjoy that conversation. Uh, uh, later today, as you guys are listening to this, the hook is going to air. Uh, Aaron and I are going to discuss what he thinks the Lakers might do, just given some of the intel he has, and then take you around the league after this first full week of preseason basketball. So uh, a ton of stuff and a really fun show lined up for you guys there, and then a ton of stuff uh, on the website as well. A great article, I thought, was written by Jacob Rude uh, explaining 
why signs are pointing in the direction of Anthony Davis playing more power forward this season uh, than, than maybe we hoped for or thought he was going to play heading into it. Uh, so, so you're going to want to check that out. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. Sorry, Jen. I know you're, you're Jennifer.